Welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And boys, we are starting a new one as we will be doing the Fast and the Furious. It is a group decision because at the end of this, we will be reviewing Fast 9? Yes, Fast 9. Hell yeah. Because they got wait, so wait, 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 with wait, the was, names. Wasn't it Hobbs and Shaw? No, but the, That's the we're, last one. we're doing a live one of the new one coming out. Oh, Ooh. Fast 9. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm Jesus. That one. Hey, there's a lot of Fast and Furious. I forgot how many there were. Or there's, <laughs> there's a lot. There, there, there's nine in total, but there'll be ten when the new one comes out. Yes, okay. Well, I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Joe, SWAT came to my house! And I know it's you that narked on me. I don't know, narc! Uh, the Jesse of the group, Keith Swetland. <laughs> That's not a burn. Oh. I love Jesse. Oh. He's like the second best character in this movie. Oof, oof. Hey, you guys, I, I just want you to know I've been driving the speed limit and listening to Wiz Khalifa all day today. <laughs> <laughs> How many so, essential hits does he have? Like one? No, oh, no, no. Just uh, yeah, one. Two. Uh, he'll see you again. Just yeah. quick uh, prayers up. That's all I'm going to say. He I talked also to the guys has earlier. black and yellow. Yeah, that song's fine, but they wouldn't. The guys on the rest of the podcast wouldn't let me do oh, um, other jokes. So I'm just gonna say I've been driving the speed limit and listening to listening to Wiz Khalifa all day long. Just wait till we get to like seven, then you can make the joke, okay? Also, we didn't say you couldn't say <laughs> the joke. We said we wouldn't join you and that we would judge you. There's a difference. Okay, can I make Judging. jokes about CG Paul Walker later on? Sure. Go crazy. How about we talk about in those movies? We're not there yeah. yet. We're Joe, where the, are we? We're on the first movie, The Fast and the, the Furious. Like a like real life, not CG Paul Walker. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Well, we're doing The hey, Fast thanks, and, and the Furious 2001. Came out June 22nd. Directed by Rob Cohen. Uh, you may know him from other movies that he, he has directed as the... 1993 uh dragon the bruce lee story uh 2000 the skulls 2002 triple x <laughs> sick Damn. uh a uh ricky favorite but me and keith hate it 2005 <laughs> stealth hell yeah i love stuff of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh 2008 the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor Oh, oh no. Sounds like it's going downhill. This guy is like, uh, got a, just a bunch of aces up his sleeve. Jesus. I didn't know all that stuff. That's amazing. And then one of the more recent ones. And it's just because you can see Jennifer Lopez naked in it. Uh, 2015, the boy next door. Wait, JLo's naked in that movie. We're, I think I've heard rumors in innuendo. I just haven't watched that movie. Fuck. I need to watch that movie for scientific reasons. Science. He's also so the, the pizza boy in this movie. He is. <laughs> um, this movie saw, stars Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Rick Yoon, Chad Lindbergh. Let's be careful with saying and, all these people starred in this movie. Vin <laughs> Diesel starred in this movie and carried all these motherfuckers to a decent performance. <laughs> I was just giving you the, the six main characters. I'm not even bringing up the other two. Uh, and and also Jaw Rule. Oh, I've got a, Rule. 
I've got a live on-air confession right now that I haven't talked to you guys about yet. I thought for years and years and years that that was Giovanni Ribisi in this movie. That was the Honda 2000 guy, the guy with the Jetta. Really? I thought, yeah, in my mind, I was like, that's Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi is in The Fast and the Furious. But Weird. Until like about last night. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, be last night. <laughs> so, before we get into this, I got to ask you guys something. Came out two thousand one. Do you remember watching it when it came out? I mean, I remember loving it when it came out, and I remember like this being one of the first DVDs I owned. But that's <laughs> about it. So i I remember it pretty vividly. Seeing it, I saw it in. Um, I think it was must have been Vancouver. I saw it in Vancouver with my cousin, and it was a very it was a hot summer day. It was this was a summer movie, if I'm correct. June twenty second. Yeah, yep, it had yep. to be. It's, this, is a, yeah, this movie has big summer movie energy to it, and and I think I remember I forgot where I've heard it. I think it's, it's something that people talk about. That's a very cool sentence. But like art you take in between the ages of like thirteen and sixteen. That like just sticks it. It seems that at least for me, it tends to like stick in my DNA. So like all the music you listen to, all the movies you take in between that those ages. That's like so. This was a very important moment, like when this movie came out, because it was pretty different from anything I'd ever seen. And the cars were cool. They had like big ass rims. It was the first time I'd ever like thought about the concept of like modifying a vehicle and driving it quickly, like. So it was it was awesome. I loved it. This was a hardcore like, especially watching it recently. Like, this set the culture a lot for millennials. Like, you can go back and you can <laughs> see a lot of the culture that was our childhoods that came from this movie. Like, this was a culture setting movie. Douchebags loved Von Dutch after it. We yeah. all enjoy a nice Corona nowadays. <laughs> you can have any drink you want as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> oh God, gross. <laughs> I uh, they, they got paid two hundred eighty four thousand dollars to fund the movie with that one line, <laughs> and just about any one of us at some point in time in our lives wanted to own a Honda Civic and make it a fucking souped up car. Nope, I wanted the Vin Diesel car, the the Charger type. Joe was more adult than the rest of us. I thought the Mazda was cool. I thought the Supra was cool. I thought the black Honda Civics were cool. I was I, always a Civic. I always wanted the Jetta. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted, want like, the Charger, the Room Room. <laughs> the ghost car that was too powerful to drive. He was scared of it. Yeah. It twisted uh, the chassis when it came off the starting line. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus there, Vin. Uh, I can tell you, I can remember watching this a lot because uh, one of our friends, Dylan, was huge into this movie. And I think I watched it, like, maybe three days in a row one time. <laughs> because he was so into that idea of upgrading your car and making it that type of, you know, fast. So uh, also gone in 60 seconds came out in 2000. So there was like the first Whoa. type of uh, type of, there's been plenty of movies about cars and racing and stuff. And that was one of the ma- bigger ones in 2000, but it's a Nick Cage movie. So people just, you know, Nick Cage, man. And then this yeah, came out, was, and I think it hit everybody. That was peak Nick Cage. That was yeah. when Nick Cage was still good. 
Gone in 60 Seconds did pretty well, I thought. I it mean, did. It was a, it was yeah. a huge movie. <laughs> Major cast, too. It did. And it did. That's crazy. I thought Gone in 60 Seconds was after Fast and Furious. It, that's wild. So what I thought. I thought so, too. But then I was looking something up because of some trivia in a little bit. And one of the guys that they wanted it in this movie wasn't gone 60 seconds. And I was like, wasn't this after or something this before gone in 60, but no, it was before after. So do you so think the, you could compare those movies? Like if we were to watch those movies side by side, do you think that'd be a decent comparison or are they too different? Nah, they're different. Too different. They're, too just different. Have fast cars, but they're different movies. Boy, yeah. I sure love both of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the budget for this movie was $38 million. God, that's not bad for like what this movie was and how much like money there was in it. Yeah. Um, you can Ooh. see, because in this movie, they use more real cars than they do CGI. And they wreck a couple of those cars. I got a, I got a total. So Nice. Um. Where did it go? There we go. So, uh, Rick, do you want us to give us a uh, fantastic plot breakdown <laughs> of uh, All right. The Fast and the Furious? Ladies, fast. gentlemen, everyone, and however you identify, please gather around. It's time for the plot reading of The Fast and the Furious. I'm cheating a bit as Joe and I purchased some beautiful 4K uh, collections of the Fast and the Furious franchise, and they have eloquent plot breakdowns in them so i'm going to use those instead of making up my own i apologize but they're just too good not to use so los angeles police officer brian o'connor played by paul walker by the way great undercover name of using your own fucking name (laughs) must decide where his loyalties really lie when he befriends dominic toretto played by vin diesel and becomes enamored with street racing the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. And that is essentially the plot to Fast and the Furious. <laughs> that does sum it up pretty well. Jeez, I didn't, if you, when you phrase it like that, Brian sounds like more and more like an idiot. He's he just, so bad at his job. He's so like, bad. He just like meets these like kind of, he meets these douchebags. They're all douchebags, every one of them. Ben Diesel's <laughs> not a douchebag. And, I mean, he, and me is not either. Okay, that's fair. They're all most of them are loser nerds. Like they're all the, car uh, nerds. Vince is definitely a douchebag. Vince and Leon characters. Yep. Anyways, where, where where I was going with that is he like he was probably pretty high up. Like probably had a pretty like rock and pay. Probably had good benefits with his job. Like shit. Probably eighty hundred thousand dollars a year at least. Well, it's early 2000s, at least 60, 70K. Yeah, yeah, he's comfy. He's good. And he's just, like, gets enamored by these people wearing, like, Von Dutch, like, tank tops and, like, driving around in Mazda RX-7s. And a lot of leather. (laughs) What, was leather that big back then? I didn't remember that. There was a lot of leather. Yeah, the fashion in this movie... Although the Brian Brian keeps Brian keeps it like pretty simple. He wears a lot of jeans and like plain t-shirts in it. It's very funny. I like his outfits. Because he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a big nerd. God, I fucking like 
I always remembered I never really liked Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> God damn, he fucking sucks in this movie. Well, and even when like he's uh, he's in, in part of his undercover gig, he's working at that parts store, and the the owner, his boss, is like, "Yo, you're like not very good at driving, so you probably shouldn't have those parts." And he's like, "No, I want them." <laughs> then, then he proceeds to just bust his car up. It's very very funny. <laughs> And that whole thing, when he finally goes to his first race, like, all right, the cops have set you up. They've put you in this fucking tricked out, ugly ass green, shitty spoiler car. They don't just give you another two G's for the fucking race. Why are you betting your car? (laughs) Well, and he could have played it cool when he lost. He'd been like, oh, man, yeah, you got me. I'll get you next time. (laughs) He didn't have to like lose his mind. He wanted that respect, bro. Yeah. Fucking such a loser. (laughs) Like. And this is one thing that annoys me about the movie because, like, we're really supposed to think that Dominic Toretto is very smart, very, like, on top of things. How is not everything about this fucking Busta clear that he's not, like, part of this world and just do not trust him? Yeah, that it's very funny. The Paul... I mean, I think it'll be a theme for the next uh, however many movies Paul Walker's in, but like comment like discussing whether or not he's actually good at acting in it is kind of a fun conversation <laughs> definitely wasn't this one <laughs> yeah. you can read the lines <laughs> like he literally is just there to play the pretty boy white boy with the blue eyes and i mean he does that i'll give him that yeah o- over the next three movies i think i'm i'm working on a thesis for the for the first few movies and this these movies have very they have the energy of like an obnoxious like Facebook dad. So like, <laughs> are, you, always so are doing... you stalking them? No, 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 no. Like a uh, Facebook post with the memes of like the big tough guy with the beard, but he's letting his little daughter paint his t- fingernails. And like, this is what a real fucking man does. It's like, um, or like, you, you better stay the fuck away from my daughter. I'll beat your ass. This is my respect. This is my life. Like very, very serious, earnest people very facebook dad a lot of toxic masculinity going on <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure not one of these movies passes the bechdel test <laughs> but or, and, you do I your mean, research <laughs> i'm gonna like spend at least so i'm gonna kick off i'm gonna talk about the bad things about this movie first because otherwise i'll just get caught up in how much i fucking love this movie and love fast and the furious one the cinematography in this movie is fucking garbage this director (laughs) took himself way too seriously with like the grainy grayed out scenes of like (laughs) hey it's la it's just it's a shitty life yo and then putting colorful cars as their escape mechanisms like all right dude fucking calm down they had the uh they had the house the owners of the houses in the background paint their houses to be colorful wow jesus um the cinematography for the racing was fucking garbage like they just like made it look blurry on the side or something to like (laughs) insinuate speed but the racing as much as i loved it back then rewatching it now i'm like oh these races are fucking garbage yeah the races were rough like one thing i appreciated about them though is that like the cars were real like later on in these movies sometimes the cars aren't real they're very cg yeah but like 
Yeah, they use blur effects. Is like if you look at the if you watch the movie and you look at the like the lines on the road as they're driving by them, they're clearly going like 15, 20 miles an hour to do these stunts at. <laughs> and they're like they make it all blurry and they show the speedometer and they make it look like they're going 120 or whatever. And they hit the NAS button and it gets blurrier. It's like a it's like a Need for Speed video game. I I forgot <laughs> how um there are some of those scenes when it gets super intense that it does like the extreme zoom in. <laughs> like towards when Jesse drives up after the pink slip race and then like, you know, Tourette, Vin Diesel Dom is like, I got to go find him. And then you hear the car zoom in. Uh, he comes up and he's like, J- Dom, I messed up. Then you hear the motorcycles and then it extreme zooms in on Vin Diesel. I'm like, I forgot about like, <laughs> as he's swiveling his head to look at the bikes, like, yeah. Oh no. I forgot that about that was, one. That scene was really <laughs> stupid. Um, but yeah, like the acting in it is just bad. Like the only good actors are Vin Diesel, who fucking carries this movie with how good of an actor he is. <laughs> uh, the dude who plays Jesse, I thought was the other good, like good actor in this. And then the dude who plays the captain in Monk, who's part of the cops, is the only other Ted good actor. Levine. The only other good actor in this movie. Everyone oh, else Bill. is like... <laughs> mediocre at best oh you know, it's just not well acted do you know that ted <laughs> levine and paul walker were in the movie in a movie together in the same year what they filmed in another movie together in the same year 2001 oh god paul walker's not in many movies i'm curious what this is <laughs> take it anybody want to take a guess is it that Keith's- weird action one that was like straight to netflix or whatever 2001 so no i fucking i have no idea then one okay i'm excited <laughs> uh, well it probably just will let you down it was joyride oh fuck he was ted I, levine was candy cane God, i feel like i've watched that's a good movie <laughs> I, I walked by that movie a thousand times at the hollywood video and never rented it you probably you watched joyride, joyride? Too. i fucking no. love joyride joyride's pretty <laughs> so fun good. Joyride was fun. Uh, Rick, you're, uh, I think it was you, or who was it, saying that the uh, can looking for Paul Walker, being looking like Ken or blonde, blue eye. Yeah, like he's just, he's there to play yeah. the pretty boy. Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez had the same feeling too <laughs> about when they first started. Good. I love Michelle Rodriguez. She was fucking fine as fuck in this movie. Holy shit. <laughs> Like, I've always uh, loved Michelle Rodriguez, and now I'm realizing where it started was clearly Fast and the Furious, where she was fucking fine and a badass, and I love her. Yeah, I've always been a Michelle Rodriguez fan. I love her in Resident Evil. I think it, she's in, uh, what's the James Cameron movie? Avatar? Yeah, here, guys. Yeah, she's in Avatar, too. Yeah, no, like, the Michelle original Rodriguez Avatar? is just... Yeah, she has quietly had like a pretty cool career. I think she was like Michelle a main Rodriguez. character in Lost till she got a DUI and they fired her for for some reason because you know characters. That's like, like what, what celebrities do. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, wasn't that they the two actresses, her and someone else, got a DUI, but all of a sudden my head like weed on them too or something, and that's why. <laughs> like, boy, so boy, how far are you? Super stupid reason. Because she was yeah, like so they're cool. <laughs> a main point of loss. And then they're just like, nah, she's gone now. Whatever. Our show's stupid now. Yeah, we should have known beca- that because that should have been foreshadowing for J.J. Abrams' fucking Star Wars app. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Michelle but, Rodriguez or jo- uh, Jordana Brewster did not have their license during this movie. Really? Man, even no. more embarrassing for that dude during Race Wars when she smokes his ass. So they had to go to driving school because they didn't have even a learner's permit. So they just had to... Uh, How old get- was she? Well, Michelle Rodriguez was born in the year of 78. Wow, she was old to have never driven before. So 23? <laughs> yeah, 23. But now that I've said all the bad things, and the third act of this movie lets down what, to me, might be the best act of any of the Fast and the Furious movies with Act 2. Act 2 in this movie is fucking stupendous, and it's because Vin Diesel's the main point of Act 2. That's why it's so good. <laughs> But then Paul Walker takes back over in Act 3, and it's just a dumpster fire where they had no idea how to finish the movie, so they were just kind of like, I don't know, this happens. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about the backstory of why Vin Diesel is a criminal. He actually beat the shit out of that dude after he wrecked his dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember but- enough if we ever learn about Vin's mom, but goddamn, it sounds like Vin Diesel didn't have the best family life. Uh to my best of my knowledge, we we don't know anything about the mom. So yeah, like it seems okay. So deep dive into this. I'm gonna like psycholid psychologically break down <laughs> Vin Diesel. He was very disappointed to apparently never really had that family connection and has now built his family around all of these people. And like never having that family growing up has made family very important to him. So like you can he must he must be an Olive Garden. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel's character trait is family, <laughs> and they built nine eventually nine movies off of pretty much that theme. About of to like, be ten of them, them like standing at tables and like drinking Coronas and eating barbecue chicken. But see, like <laughs> you mock it, but also like isn't that just what a lot of people want? Like they just want that connection. Like it's understand, like it's relatable. Oh, I was, I mean, I was mocking it, but it's like, it worked. Clearly it worked. Like I've, I think, uh, I, I, there's a, there was a, there was a point where I stopped liking fast and furious movies. And there was a point when I repicked it back up and like, I started to appreciate them again. Like there was like, as soon as, cause I never saw three, like we'll get into that. That'll be fun. But like after between three and probably six or so, I just didn't give a shit about Fast and Furious movies anymore. And then eventually I was like, okay, I should probably watch these. Like this is something's clicking here. It's a cool cast. And I, I like the stories of like the the solidarity with cast members and all the behind the scenes stuff and whoever was betraying who and they were all kind of helping each other out. And so they were they were a family on 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 camera and off camera. It's it's not a good movie, but it's a <laughs> fucking fun movie. And I'm just going to spoil it right now. For rewatching, there is not a movie we have seen so far, as this is our eighth movie, that I would rewatch more than Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious just, like, if I saw it was on, like, a movie channel as I was scrolling through, I'd be like, fuck, I'll watch Fast and the Furious. Of course I'll watch Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, before, like... This is just we're just on one now, but if I were to like go on the rewatchability scale, like after seeing this one again, I'm just right now I'm guessing like it's gonna change later on, but one in five 
I think are the ones that stick out in my mind. Oh yeah. Pretty like those are pretty top. Uh, I have a soft part in my heart for three. I really love Tokyo drift. I don't know why <laughs> I just do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. There's some like, there's some hot, there's some hot opinions about that one. And just like, yeah. there's so much, like it's just such a cultural movie. Like the music in it is so cultural. Like, that like I was in high school again, listening to the music in the movie, and then listening to the soundtrack today. Like I'm just like, fuck, this was my high school music. <laughs> it's one of those rare movies that they have a song by an artist who's also in the movie. Yeah, ja rule says. And I yeah, I listened to pretty much the whole soundtrack throughout the day today, and Jaw rules like half of that goddamn thing. Sick. There's and not as- a lot of the songs <laughs> on the soundtrack in the movie though. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, the soundtrack's weird. It does this weird soundtrack thing where, like, the movie's PG-13. that has all the trappings of a PG-13. The, like, they're allowed the one fuck. There's the weird rules about blood. They can't curse. They can... All, all, that, all that stuff about sex We and did duty, get so. some sick side boob with Mia, though. Yeah, super brief. That was good. There's not enough of that anymore. Well, but, they um, had to... Uh, <laughs> I would say they the scene where Vince is tied up on the... Uh, semi they had to edit some of that because that would have gotten them a rated r version god i would love rated like if fast and the furious went rated r that'd be sick just, i can see him doing that that's marketable now like, just because they i think they filmed it more of like the uh arm getting cut more because of the wire wrapped around him yeah they oh, kind of the just went from flowing. him not being yeah. that hurt to suddenly like a different shot where they're like holy shit yeah yeah they wanted yep. to uh keep that <laughs> pg-13 yeah, but to uh, wrap up my thought there, I was thinking the um, the soundtrack is extremely vulgar and very parental advisory. It's got the parental <laughs> advisory sticker. So there's four-letter words just riddled throughout that entire album. And it's funny to think this like extremely explicit album where all the songs are about like killing people and Fs and Ss. Like, and then to go to this PG, like have that attached to this PG-13-ass movie. It's it's kind of a funny comparison. And since we're talking about Jaw Rule, just a quick shout out to uh, one of my favorite characters in Fast and the Furious of Monica for just <laughs> shutting that bitch down. That scene is awesome. Love it. Yeah, didn't she say that whether or not he he lost, he was supposed to still have her, but he, whether or not he she he would have gotten some, but then all of a sudden she's like, "No, nah, we good." I mean, he yeah, lost she changed her some, mind shitty white dude who just walked up and had a shitty smile like fuck that yeah who, who was also a cop <laughs> who was also a cop who was uh yeah by the way the, the furious song by ja rule so good so good <laughs> i mean man i was thinking those i was listening to the soundtrack again today and i remember I, I did like it when it came out i remember i was at a i was trying to what was it there was the old uh the house of records had that cd and i almost i kept on almost buying it never did because i never had the money or something whatever i don't remember but oh man i forgot i forgot where i was going with that anyways the oh yeah don't like oh. uh don't like the jaw rule songs what uh, dude jaw rule <laughs> sucks no, yeah, no the, think, the, the, the saving grace about the movie <laughs> we're gonna watch next week is the fact that Ludacris becomes the main singer and makes the best soundtrack of any Fast and the Furious. Yeah, Ja Rule songs are better, or, or not, sorry, excuse me, Tyrese, or uh, fuck, Ludacris songs. Oh are, my God. 
I just rattled through my uh, Fast and Furious musicians there. The entire, <laughs> yeah, entire cast. <laughs> no, the my uh, Ludacris is uh, better than Ja Rule as far as early 2000s rap Yo, goes. Ja Rule, he's, he's, he's meh, but the song <laughs> by itself is a banger. Oh, I it's mean, definitely hype. It is yeah. no it's too Fast, Too Furious, <laughs> Ludacris. Yeah, but I'm just saying, just the Furious song itself. I don't care for any of the other Ja Rule songs. I mean, not on the all, soundtrack. Of all the songs on the soundtrack, like I'm gonna, I have to go the Roland remix of Limp Biscuit that has DMX and Method Man and Red Man on it. That song fucking slaps. Oh, it does. It does. I'm not yeah. lying on that one. You just brought up something that's very important to me and probably Joe a little bit too. That this movie was released in 2001 and that is sort of at the end that's at the peak but nearing the end it's sort of on the downhill side of the peak of the new metal craze yep. so limp biscuit and corn are kind of on their way out right now yep. yep so like this movie is in a really weird place where like street racing culture and like los angeles culture is like there's a lot of like hip-hop sort of latin music influence in this but they just throw in saliva. They throw in Limp Biscuit, and it's like it's so weird, but it adds to the flavor. It adds to the gumbo that makes this movie up, and it's but it's dope. It's it's cool to have Limp Biscuit and saliva like hang, standing like shoulder to shoulder to Ja Rule and Ludacris. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It, 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 you're you're right, Keith. Uh, it, the soundtrack alone, it's weird because it's like ninety <laughs> percent rap, and then there's that ten percent like rap metal rock yeah also that, uh, randomly enough in the soundtrack there's an Aaliyah track i'm like why is there an Aaliyah track on <laughs> here <laughs> I don't know. you gotta get that slow jam in <laughs> yeah, i guess that's right so I, I'll, I'll 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 bring this up now so the, here's something funny about the Fran- fast and fury franchise with another franchise which we do down the line the x-men franchise oh god they often release the same installment in the same year. So when X2 comes out in 03, Too Fast, Too Furious. When Last Stand comes out, Tokyo Drift. When or- X-Men Origins comes out, Fast Weird. and Furious comes out. X-Men First Class, Fast Five. The hey. Wolverine, Fast Six. What? There's also some correlation then to like <laughs> how good or bad the movies are. Yeah, and then in uh, 2015, it was uh, the Furious Seven was supposed to come out in 2014 with uh, Days of Future Past, but with Paul Walker's death, they pushed it back a year because they had to do all the CG stuff. And then uh, it gets back on track in 2017 with Logan and Dark Phoenix with Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> and the uh, Fast and the. <laughs> so yes. Every year, Fast and Furious movie comes out, and X Men movie comes out. Sorry, I'm trying to get over my anger of having seen the Dark Phoenix movie again, and like you brought it up, and I almost threw up in my mouth. Remember, like, just remembering watching that movie. So you threw up in your mouth of that. So let me ask you: if you threw up in your mouth of this one? Originally, the director wanted to cast these three people for Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, and Chad Lindbergh, the Jesse roles. Okay. You guys want to take want to take a guess? Just one Giovanni guess. Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> no. Okay. But, early two thousands. So uh, do one for each. So the Vin Diesel, the the uh, D- Dominic Toretto, Brian O'Connor, and Jesse. 
in 01. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, because he just started okay. acting. Okay. That's, no, it's too early. No, because he'd started acting by then. Right. It was, that was like uh, Walking Tall, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, Walking Tall came out in like 05 or something. Oh, You're thinking that. of uh, he return. He does the Mummy Return. No, no, you don't no. get. No, you stick to your guess. <laughs> um, Whoa. fuck. Who is? I would guess Leo. Like he's really shooting for the stars. He wants Leonardo DiCaprio to play Brian O'Connor. Okay, <laughs> seems like a Rob Cohen move. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a. I'm getting a goddamn Oscar think with of this. Is the dude who played um, the guy on the Facebook movie? Mark Zuckerberg? No. Yeah, the guy who played Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I can't think of his name. No, right. no, it's the Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Oh, sorry, I forgot. No, um, no, it's not Jesse Eisberg. That's who it is. He would be like twelve or something at this yeah. point. But Lex Luthor. <laughs> Kevin yeah, that's Spacey. True. I go with that. <laughs> no. Ew, no. Oh, ooh. We can't talk about him anymore, Joe. He's canceled. Oh, that's true. Is this a Heinz? Is this a Weinstein production? There's probably. No. I'm sure there's at least four pedophiles <laughs> attached to this movie i guarantee it i'm not even joking all right, keith. Hollywood. All right keith. rick made his guess what about you okay for uh for vin diesel i think bruce willis is my is one guess i'm gonna right. go bruce willis and wesley snipes for uh, vin diesel and paul then, walker. What, then, then for paul walker i'm gonna go wait is that is wesley snipes brian o'connor or jesse no, Wesley Snipes and Bruce Willis are my Vin Diesel guesses. guesses. You're only supposed to do one. Oh, one shit. per. Okay. One fine, per. Fine. Okay. One per. Bruce Willis. Okay, it's D- Toretto. Got it. Okay, and then um, for Paul Walker, I think that was supposed to be Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And for for Jesse? Yeah. That was the other one. He's the, the, the Von Dutch asshole with the beard. No, Jesse's, Jesse's the, the one that ADD loses guy. the Jetta. Gets killed. Oh, Gio- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, Giovanni. No, you're gonna get so, <laughs> uh, so both sadly are wrong. The director originally idea was to draft uh, to hire Mario Lopez as Dominic, Mark wow. Paul Gosler as Brian, and Dustin Diamond as Jesse to do a Saved by the Bell reunion. However. It would confuse the audience. It would also be an atrocious Mario Lopez as Dominic Toretto. Get the fuck out. Oh, my goodness. But I'll say this. Keith, you were correct on one thing, though. Mark Wahlberg was an idea for Brian (sighs) O'Connor. However, two other people were, as it was going to be Christian Bale and Eminem as Brian O'Connor. Honestly, I could have seen Eminem in that role. He probably would have done better than fucking Mr. Walker. You know, I I saw Eight Mile for the first time in my life like two years ago, and Eminem's terrible at acting. I think Paul Walker is better at acting than Eminem is. Yeah, but <laughs> Eminem's also been doing it a lot less than Paul Walker. So what's Paul Walker's excuse for sucking at it so much? That's true. He's just riding off that Meet the Deedles success. <laughs> And uh, she's all that, right? No, uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. He's and um, Varsity Blues. Interesting. Diesel only agreed to do the film after accepting, after they accepted multiple script changes. Yep. So he made Dominic Toretto what Dominic Toretto is because Vin Diesel is the man. Yes. Do you guys want to take a guess? Huh? Oh, sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. 
Okay, no, okay. I was just going to chime in with a, a little Vin Diesel opinion. So there's a scene at the end where Vin Diesel makes out with Letty, and it's easily one of the weirdest looking movie kisses I've ever seen. Vin Diesel is a terrible movie kisser. Is this during the montage? Yes, yeah, they, at the end when he like he like grabs her butt and pulls her up to him and does this like yeah. weird mouth thing. It's disgusting. That was weird. It kind of put me off a little bit. <laughs> it also was just like, hey, these two hot people fuck. Here's a like an interlude to them about to fuck. Yeah, they were. Just... Also, no offense. Who wants to fuck in that situation? You've been working on cars. You're just gross. You smell bad. They're going to shower anyway, buddy. So get it over with. So cars, uh, cars are an aphrodisiac and they cure a uh, ADHD. No, ADD. <laughs> uh, also, Vin Diesel, no, and, uh, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez were dating at the time. Got it, but they were just, they had the hottest sex. What do you think they talked about? Like probably cars. about how hot they were. <laughs> yeah. Probably like what their what, the, what their favorite movies are. <laughs> cars. Yeah. I mean, they probably played some D and D. Vin Diesel loves D and D. Yes, he does. Yeah, Who? Vin Diesel. He's a half orc barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, some of the title ideas for this movie. So, guys, this had a working title so it was at first wasn't the fast and furious until they had bought the rights from a 1958 movie but the ideas for this movie what uh the ideas was racer x because so the uh speed racer spinoff because isn't that like it, what his brother's the, name is or something it is but the uh director read like a vibe magazine an article and it was called racer x and he liked that idea Dude, uh, sucks. Uh, Redline. Ew. <laughs> Isn't that a fucking Bruce Willis movie? I think it's already a movie. <laughs> I thought Redline was the TV show with it's an, Kelly it's an uh, energy, Kapowski. It's an energy drink. <laughs> no, oh no, it's a movie called. There's a movie called Redline. Yeah, doesn't it have Vin or have? Is, is Sylvester Stallone in it? No. Oh, it's like an anime. There's multiple things called Redline. And uh, race wars. <laughs> they should have done, done race. What if there was race wars nine Hobbs and Shaw? <laughs> <laughs> so there was five actresses that auditioned for Mia. Do you guys want to take a guess who? That's five. Two thousand one. I'm gonna guess Aaliyah because she was in the soundtrack. Man, that's a good. That's a good guess. Mandy Moore. <laughs> what are these guesses, Swetland? Well, that's, le- Mandy that's Moore legit. That's legit. Thing, man. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> I'm probably right. If I'm right, you're going to have to do something for me. I'll give you a sweet blowy. Don't worry about it. Tight. Who who was it, Joe? We, I said you guys would do five, but you guys are okay. No, hold on. I'm, I'm not coming up with that. No, maybe. no, no. I want more guesses. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> okay. There's two for Keith. Oh, oh three uh, total. Let's, let's go. Uh, who's the chick from The Mask? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. I'm going to guess okay. Cameron Diaz. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Okay. None of those. So, <laughs> um, Susan Natalie, Sarandon. N- no. <laughs> Natalie Portman. What? Napo. Weird. Fucking Amadala. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that fits. Kirsten Dunst. Also yeah, makes, makes sense. sense. I feel like an idiot for not guessing Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Bijou Phillips and Jessica Beale. Oh, yes. Bijou Phillips. That makes sense. Uh, that's, the very, ro- that's very strong early noughties 
However, the <laughs> role was written for uh, for Mia was written for uh, Eliza Dushku, but she turned it down. <laughs> oh, oh, I would have loved Eliza Dushku in this movie because I love Eliza Dushku. <laughs> oh, now I'm sad Eliza Dushku's not in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, man. Do you think she regrets that? Do you think she hardcore regrets that? Yes. Yep. This was 2001 was such an unfortunate, like weird time in history because there's there was like that. There's not a clear if you like there's not a clear break between the 90s and the 2000s as far as like art and culture goes. It's like a slow blur between 1998 and 2002. Like it's very uh, it's weird. There's like this like the fashion in this movie. It's like between the 90s and the 2000s. So there's this weird. I think. I'm continuing my new metal thesis here, but I think new metal has something to do with it. There's like Von Dutch tank tops that are people are wearing. And at the same time, there's like jeans are starting to get a little tighter. Like the hip hop yeah. starting to take over a little bit. So it's this weird trans. This movie takes place in a very strange time in history. <laughs> but it still had that nineties, like cops wearing the oversized suits and oversized. Yeah. Shirts. Yeah. And by the way, that was a super cool set they chose for the, like the undercover cop sort of headquarters in that old Hollywood mansion. That was a, that was awesome. Like well, the, had the whole line from uh, Mr. Walker of even the cops are Hollywood and Hollywood. Yeah. That was, which that I think signified cool. that he wasn't a cop from LA. Like it seemed <laughs> like he got brought in for this. I don't know. He was like, Brian Spillner is pretty stupid. I think he's from Los Angeles. And it was like, <laughs> yo this is pretty hollywood <laughs> hey he's brian o'connor his undercover was brian oh spilner oh. that's right yeah spilner and yeah, o'connor because he Sounds only like changed his last name for some <laughs> i don't know like everything about him screamed he doesn't fit here and they were just like no it's fine he saved vin that one time <laughs> how was watching it for this time for you guys like easy kind of you guys paid attention more less played I on locked, i was locked in the whole time like i definitely was in and out a lot of the cornetto trilogy just because like they didn't grip you the whole time like i was locked in the whole time with these movies like it felt like i think it was a nostalgia thing i don't think it'll be that way for all of them but this first one is just such a nostalgia filled ride that i was locked in and just like <laughs> was enjoying it so hard the whole time I had a uh, a similar uh, a similar feeling, but a different reaction. In that, like this movie felt like an old, comfy, warm blanket that I was wrapping around me. Because I've seen, I mean, I've I've seen it enough times. Like I know all the plot beats. Like if I if I like gaze, if I like stare down at my phone for a second, it's not a big deal. I'm not. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice. It was comfortable. It felt like it felt like comfort food. So and it, I remember like I was watching that like a really like definitive moment in this movie is the idea of a, like a lowered car driving underneath a semi. Like, I remember that was, that's like, that was such an, an important memory of the fast and the furious to me. It was like, damn, that'd be like, so now even to this day, like I turned, I turned 35 years old this year. This movie came out 20 years ago now. And every time I'm on interstate five or I'm on a highway, I think about damn, do you, like, do you think I could drive under that semi over there? Like, you always look at it, right? Like you always go, I could do it. I'm the opposite. Oh, yeah. Like, like there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> no, like legitimately, but it's maybe. not possible. It's not but actually maybe. possible. Mm-hmm. But there's a maybe. Uh, in this in this uh, movie, they use real cars because we'll see later on that it's a 
mix mash of CGI and uh, real cars. However, they destroyed 78 real Whoa. cars in this movie. Yeah. One of the things I got in my notes is like how cool the car choreography was. Like when they when the cops were showing up at the race, and there was like forty eight like like badass race cars trying to scatter throughout Los Angeles. Excuse me, yeah, that was a very cool. Like there's, they were all real cars. Like each per each, there's a stunt driver in each one of those things, and they each have to drive in a specific spot at a specific speed and go to a specific point. It was very like well put together and well shot. That whole, like, the first race where, like, you just see, like, all the cars pull in and, like, you just get the shots of the crowd. Like, that becomes a mainstay through Fast and the Furious. No matter how much they've gone off the rails from the actual, like, racing, like, origins, like, you still usually get, like, one of those, like, marquee event shots of hot people standing by cars. Yeah. It's not the way how you stand by your car. It's how you <laughs> race it. God, Some of- the fucking one-liners in this movie are so good. Yeah, this movie, I was thinking as we were recording, I was, I was trying to like piece together how to phrase it. But I think like this movie is so chock full of one liners. Like we can all pick our favorites. We can all this movie is very referenceable, which is fun. We can talk about tuna sandwiches and all that shit. But I think all that stuff makes it it's a, this movie came out in 2001, but it's almost like a throwback to like 80s, early 90s kind of action movies where like there was sort of the cheesiness adds charm to it. And that makes it rewatchable. Like, I think that adds that makes this movie that adds timelessness. I think to this specific movie, maybe maybe we'll see. Maybe compared to the other ones, ask a racer. Ask any racer. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you win by an inch or a mile. <laughs> and that weird he says like uh, winning's winning, baby. What's the John Rule thing where he says period at the end of his the thing that he says? What does he say? The so and so and so and so period. It's just the jaw rules acting is just absurd. <laughs> it's not great. Well, and it's fine because it's like clearly like a wink at the audience. Like, oh, it's jaw rule. He's on the soundtrack. You get it? He's like, it, it doesn't matter if he's acting poorly. <laughs> the, the, that's what you're saying, Keith, about how this is like a comfort thing. About the movie being that, oh my God, I, just had, I had it and then I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but uh, the idea of being comfort is true. You can go back and watch this at any time or time or period, whatever you want, and it won't feel bad. The one-liners, there are a lot of movies that have one-liners or all that, and you just go, really? <laughs> but in this one, you're like, I'm okay with it. They just, like, the situations they were being used in, it just worked. Yeah. Like, it fit. And you're like, I mean, yeah, that's, that actually makes sense and was a good line. This is like uh, almost one of those movies where if you like you can show up to a new job site where you're working and like you can drop a like hey no like bullshit asshole no one likes the tuna and like you can instantly make friends with someone that's a stranger if they like if they if they kind of if they smile and get it so like, there's I'm lots in your of face. yeah there's lots of he, like, the the he's in my face now I'm in your face line um I love that one one of my favorite it's the uh, Toretto SWAT. Came into my house, oh, disrespect yeah. my family. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. I think we we shouldn't go on too much further without talking about the introduction to Vin Diesel to Toretto's character and how fucking cool that is. He's just in the back room of that ridiculous store, 
eating the, the soup shadow, or yeah. sandwich or something and then like get out there dom i'm serious i'm not joking and he just goes and regulates this stupid situation with stupid people doing stupid things <laughs> and like we learn later on like how much he like fucking hates that shit like when he's talking <laughs> yeah. to brian he's like look like everything going on not my fucking anything in my life not the store not the fucking crew with their fucking problems like i just <laughs> like it's i get lost in racing and it's like damn dude he's just just <laughs> loves it he loves this shit <laughs> loves racing and like almost killing people <laughs> almost well, was, killing al- he almost yeah, killed that exactly. guy out of aggression for killing his dad Potato, potato, right? You know. Yeah. All right. And what's the character's name? I keep. I was trying. I was looking at IMDb and trying to podcast and browse the internet at the same time. What's the character's name that keeps on hassling Brian about flirting with Mia? Vince. 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 Okay. Vince is ridiculous. I, there's the once. There's the scene where he plays a Zach Wild guitar at a party. And that is the part where it puts the period at the end of the sentence of how big of just like a silly douchebag he is. And it's, he's so funny. And I, I can't tell, like, if they were being serious, like, are we supposed to think this guy is, like, cool and tough? Or are we supposed to think he's just, like, a dumb ape? Like, what's... Well, <laughs> he, here's my answer to you on that. Yes. <laughs> he is cool and tough to the people who think being a dumb jock, toxic, toxic masculine asshole. <laughs> to him, those, to those people, he is very cool. To people who aren't <laughs> awful people... You realize that he's an over chauvinistic douchebag. Well, he's like it's to the point where it it's like it turns into comedy at points, and that's the part where like he's such a weird character. And, and like he know. drives up to the barbecue, sees Brian's there, and then drives away because he's so yeah, fucking he's, butthurt about he's it. Such a, he's such a baby. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, over the stupidest stuff for, for that like that scene alone. Nobody comes <laughs> there for the tuna. Like. <laughs> Well, and like, I, why does he care about so much about Mia? Like, because he Mia wants to bang clearly, her. Well, yeah, but she was like clearly happy. Like, she like. Yeah, because he's not a good person, Keith. Yeah. A lot. A lot of them are not. You know. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the idea of uh, what's the guy, Vin Diesel, telling Brian that you work for. What's his name? The part mechanic guy. Oh God, I've lost it now. Like Le- Lenny, Kenny, something like that. Like, oh, you <laughs> work for him? Or you, or you're fired now? So it's like, oh, it's badass. Uh, one of the things, one of the cool things I liked for this movie was the SWAT scene of them. It, Harry, in, his name was Harry. Harry, I was close. I got Larry Kenny. Um. But them breaking in, uh, doing the arrest warrant for uh, Johnny Tran and all his crew. I just love that. Like I was, I think it was a uh, Marilyn Manson song. Yeah, that got me so hyped. Back to the. That's back to the. It's. I mean, I think you could argue whether that's new metal or not, but it fits the theme. So that was like that weird. Like you could put. Like if you played that on a playlist with Limp Bizkit, it would work. So it's this weird, it's that weird, it's a weird era of music, man. It was cool. It was wild. It was the wild west of just, just big, dumb, big, dumb boys with guitars. <laughs> so this is our second movie that is based in LA. 
where the cops and the FBI don't get along. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and like the FBI guy blames Brian because they raid Johnny Tran and don't find anything like real. When Brian goes, you shouldn't raid them yet. We don't have anything real. <laughs> what, what, what we're going to anyway. I was like so blown. I'm like, why are you get? Why are the cops so idiots in this movie? And was was what was motivating? What was a? Uh, why did he say yes when they called him? I think because he knew it was a uh, long shot to convince him to give him more time. Well, no, it, was, it was the undercover. He said, "Hey, another robbery happened. Yeah, we're gonna raid Johnny Tran. If you agree with this, say yes." <laughs> and then. It, being the terrible piece of shit undercover officer Brian O'Connor is, gets asked, who was that? Because he just fucked Mia and goes, oh, nobody, wrong number. Who gets a wrong number at two in the goddamn morning that you say yes to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and at that point, he had, like, fully drinking the, like, Kyle potion and put on the monster hat and accepted, I think, at that point. He was like... Like, yeah, these people are cool. I'm going to do these, this cool stuff. Like, I'm not going to be a nerd anymore. I'm going to go from those nerds to these nerds. Except he still was a nerd inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, it's funny, this movie, like, at the time, it, they seemed like the coolest of the cool, cool people. And, like, as you get older and you work in jobs and you, like, talk to coworkers and you run it, like, in life, you run into people that are car people. And at least in my experience, if you run into, like, really like under the hood like car people they're just they're just nerds it's like they might you if you switch everything they're talking about with under the dragons oh yeah same thing they could be talking about pokemon it's like these people are just they're just it's a hobby it's it's funny it's like all right so i'm gonna nerd out for a second because one i love racing i watch formula one all the time all that shit the racing in this movie fucking infuriated me When they would start off a drag race by just burning out their tires, like, motherfucker, that's not what you do. One, awful for your tires. Two, you want as little wheel spin as possible to get off the line. Like, it makes no goddamn sense that they're all just burning out their tires to start a race. It's awful and not what you do in a drag race. Yeah, they should do that shit, like, before the race to look cool. I mean, it looks cool as hell when you peel your tires out. Like, that's awesome. But, like, yeah, during the race, very silly. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, it's one of those things of all right, gun it, and then like ah oh, fuck. <laughs> but no, Keith, you're right about the fact. Like, I've gum. I've. I'll be honest. I know nothing about cars. <laughs> sure, I know a brake pad. Do I know how to replace <laughs> it? No. Do I know how to change a tire? I think so. But <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I could probably do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm just, I might just tell you to pull the trigger because I <laughs> call, call AAA. <laughs> yeah, I'll call uh, Les Schwab. But like, I've, I've, I've been around conversations with people and they're talking about cars and engines and eight speed. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> right. Like, thumbs up because, you know, going fast. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but for it, it's funny about this movie is like the big thing that they're stealing are Panasonic Blu-ray yep. players yep. or two DVD TV, players, DVD players or two like nineteen-inch tube TVs. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> All in one nineteen-inch tube TVs. Yeah. They have built-in players in them. 
So excuse uh, me. No. Before before we recorded this episode, I had this plan of like doing some research for a really good joke bit, but I think I'll just propose it. That Go on. In 2001, I don't think that technology was that new. Like, I don't think... So, 2001, there was DVDs. That wasn't that weird. Like, I don't think... I'd have to look up when DVDs started and then the idea of a DVD-VHS combo and having that attached to a television... Like that technology was never like it never struck me as like gold. I remember DVD when DVD players out. were released in 1997. Yeah, so that's like, I mean, that but that would be then like cutting edge for the time. Okay, that'd be like stealing Blu-ray players in 2009, <laughs> I don't know, or 2012 or something. And anyway, and the next thing is, why the hell did the truckers give that much of a shit? That's what I was wondering. Like, that's like, what. Like, why did they just no give it sense. to him? <laughs> like, yeah, sure, take it. Jesus, you obviously won it really bad. Like, like that <laughs> whole bit made like, and that's what infuriates me is that the ending of the movie is just so shitty. Like, why would the driver care so much to just start popping off shots? They hadn't hurt any of the previous drivers. Yeah, it's like the idea of like a Seven Eleven cashier getting robbed and like trying to defend the Slurpee machine with their life. <laughs> it's like it's very. You're not taking saying, my Coke Slurpee, <laughs> damn it! No. We're saying this right now in a time where people just shoot each other over nothing. So what the fuck do yeah. we know? That's true. Uh, but like so, this, yeah. these are the one that, like this is one of those movies. Even in this movie itself. That you know they're gonna go do the last heist, and they're like, I don't feel feel good about this one. <laughs> you know, like they knew something was up, but no, we have to heist. You know, jack this combo DVD and tube TV. <laughs> yeah, and then I like it when he like just sees at the at Johnny Tran's house, just like a stack of that shit, and that's his that's his evidence. It seems like pretty good evidence to me. It was weird. It was that that like. That was the transition between Act Two and Three, if I remember right, and that part was so yeah. weird. It was like, "What's going on here, guys? Come on!" It's when the movie takes a pretty big like. I love Acts One and Two. Act Three just is like <laughs> a dive off a cliff. Like they didn't know how to finish the movie. Like realistically, the finish should have been like the Jesse stuff happens. They bring Brian in because you know you've set up the whole thing that he was a wheel man and he's good at driving, and then like you have him confront Dom and be like. You can't do this last one. The cops know you're coming. And be like, how do the cops know I'm coming? Because I'm a cop. <laughs> and then you go from there or something. Like the ending they went with was just shit. Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's a str- yeah. How we how Toretto figures out he's a cop. That part was kind of it was sort of like jerky. But if if we're talking about hypotheticals and how the movie could have been structured, maybe to be more successful, like I really love I love the idea of race wars. I think race wars should have been more of the focus. It was so, really like, disappointing that we didn't get more there. That like, could have been the like, climactic part, you know? Like, that could have been the, yeah. around the end of stage three. Um, 1,500 real drivers showed up to do that. And yeah, they, they barely used it. it at Race Wars, didn't they? Because Race Wars is, I mean, it was. I don't know if it still is. A real <laughs> thing that did happen. Uh, I think they. I think it is a real thing, but they just used real-life drivers, brought their own cars that's to do this so they just had their own uh their own thing and like i said 1500 cars were used at this um used for uh one scene that breaks uh the producer's heart was jesse getting shot (laughs) (laughs) 
damn it, G- when Giovanni Ribisi gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, also, by the like, way, I really like that character. I kind of wish he was still in the franchise. He'd be point. a good one. He'd be it's a good possible. One. It's he would possible. be the ludicrous role. Yeah, I don't think they planned. I don't. Do you know Joey Joe Joe being the lore master? Were they planning yes. on sequels during episode during episode one? Uh, what I looked up, I think they were only planning one. It was going to be Fast and Furious two, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because I think yeah they were they clearly just like like Fast and Furious one is like this weird foundation that they have to build this house on on top of. <laughs> it to me it's like what to bring that up now. It's crazy to me. I was going to ask you guys after watching this movie by itself. Did you, in some shape or fashion, think, huh, this deserves a sequel? Uh, no. God, no. no. I was stoked when I watched it. I loved it. I was like, this is cool, man. I'll just watch this over and over and over again for like the rest of my life. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, by the way, uh, Timothy Olfant. Elephant. Elephant. He was all they want. He turned down the role of Dominic Toretto because he's in Gone in 60 Seconds. And there'd be two car related films for him to be like, nah, I'm good. Oh, I like He didn't yeah. want to get typecast. Yeah. And also, they wanted, uh, they wanted to see if, uh, Colin Farrell would, would have been Dominic Toretto. Oh, he was pretty hot in 2001. Well, yeah, what SWATs, um, phone, like phone booth, phone booth, Daredevil. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the uh, Jetta that Jesse drives, uh, Frankie Muniz bought that car. That's Jesus sick. Christ. You know, apparently <laughs> something happened to Frankie Muniz where he doesn't remember working on Malcolm in the Middle anymore. Yeah, he w- he became a big driver, and he got in a bad car crash, <laughs> and like he honestly does not remember. Like the eight years of Malcolm the Middle, he does not remember a thing about it. The dude who plays the dad and from Breaking Bad apparently like tells stories to him about it. Brian Cranston. Yeah, like Jesus, which is sad. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think now's a good time. I can interrupt with my weird list that I wrote. So I was watching this movie with the idea of like a post-COVID world where we get to like hang out with with the buds and like come up with a fun drinking game yeah. for this movie and the weird so the, you mean sit out back with the boys having some ronas and that's that's a you're you're close to where i'm getting at here but this movie had the weirdest beverages that people were drinking in it and i had note of each time there was a weird beverage that happened the first one that like kicked me in the teeth that made me think about it was when they order four decaf iced cappuccinos with the, oh, yeah, the cops do. Yeah. It's such right. an absurd drink to like, just try to produce. It's and basically then, like chocolate drink at that point. Right. No, a cappuccino is just like, it's just coffee, but like to like have a decaf cappuccino shot iced, it would be disgusting. So they drink decaf iced cappuccino. There's a scene where Paul Walker is just working on a Snapple. I'm pretty sure it's a product placement. But he's got the Snapple logo like pointed at the screen. He's chugging some Snapple. Dom is drinking Red Bull. There's a scene where they're drinking Coke. And there's the line about that you can have any drink you want as long as it's a Corona. 
So there's a theme that I picked up in this movie that there's a bunch of weird, like very specific beverage intake. <laughs> there's a lot of like very specific drinks that are going on. So that's, that's where like, when I was talking about the, I was, I was able to like sort of zone out a little bit and wrap the warm blanket of a, like a nostalgia around me. And I would pay attention to weird things in the movie. That's what I paid attention to. So you want to get yourself some Nas to drink? <laughs> yes. Or, uh, yeah. Well, Keith, they did wreck 78 cars. They had to pay for that shit somehow. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was funny to watch them. How to, how to, uh, Jesse's character lay out a car with a floppy disk. Yeah, I've got the I've got a note. I've got a note for that. Floppy that disk sick. supra. I've got floppy disk supra in my notes. <laughs> uh, oh man, you should be at MIT or something. <laughs> but I can't because I have that um 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 I don't I forgot what it's called. Yeah, yeah, ADD, yeah. Uh, it's like you got ADD, bro. <laughs> uh, so this movie shares locations with point break and uh training day. The uh, crash scene at the end where uh, Diesel crashes into the car is like the same street that they filmed one of the main shots of Training Day. I fucking hated that scene, by the way. The bait and switch of outracing the fucking train then getting hit by a truck was super fucking (laughs) stupid. It's like the line. That's not how a car would flip off of a truck. You don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this uh, franchise... uh, does things out of control that uh, you just shake your head and scratch your head going science. Uh, but yeah, um, this also, you know, uh, shares locations with point break and has a lot of references, you know, FBI agent goes undercover to infiltrate a group of surfers a la, you know, race car drivers this time. Yeah, this is very, this movie is very point break, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, it's, that's why. Yeah, that that like the Point Break's got one-liners. This this movie fits. It fits. It fits in that the pantheon of like this movie would slot into the the history of action movies. I think. Is there uh, any scenes that you liked? I know Rick, you we we brought up the bad stuff. Which, by the way, one of my f- scenes I did not like was them threatening the normal, uh, <laughs> normal car guy with the oil. Oh AK- God. Pouring like Hershey syrup. It looks in his so mouth. gross, <laughs> dude. The Tran, those Johnny Tran and Lance Tran, fucking okay, Lance. They're fucking psychopaths. Like they're not good people. Holy they shit! They were vicious. I, I I liked how violent they were. They just kill people. That's like <laughs> what was that guy's name? Tim. When it was just like Tim, Tim, ki- kiss my shoes. I and thought it was the face again. I was like, holy shit, dude. That's I thought it like, down. Instead of like, hey, can I have my car? They just like drove motorcycles to their house and shoot him. <laughs> I don't see any motorcycles in my, or any motors in my. It was Where my engines, Tim. Ted. Where my in Ted? Damn it, I was close. Oh, by the way, finally we're talking about it. I get to reference it. I had the biggest belly laugh. I was cracking up. There's a scene where Paul or Brian or Paul Walker pulls like a car cover off of a Honda Civic. In that, when they're in that garage, when they're like doing the show in the no motors, and like we're supposed to think about like when you pull a cover off a car, it's supposed to look fucking like cool underneath. But it's just cracked me up that this movie, these are 2001 Honda Civics. Like, imagine if you look this 2021 right now, and if you see a 2001 Honda Civic right now, it just looks like, like, oh, someone that's just like a 
like that's just a cheap ass car you know someone's just getting by <laughs> like, like, even like, like by the racing standards like the civic was the cheap car that's easy to soup up it's not like yeah. it's a supra it's not like it's a oh what's the nissan one Sentra. yeah like it wasn't like real <laughs> racing cars yeah like my mom drives a honda civic <laughs> yeah my grandmother owned a honda civic <laughs> yeah, it's like well, well that's i think that was the point for this movie is that the honda civic's the cheapest to get the body frame but you can put x amount of money into it to make it look cooler than it should be and at when i was 14 or however old it did look cooler and now it, they look so lame but i th- i think this movie alone <laughs> started that little regime oh, of yeah. the honda civics being the number one loudest car in the goddamn world when you're <sighs> in your house or something you can hear the hear the po- tailpipe in the you know from your car house People oh, yeah, this is the car fucking oversized fucking tailpipes on there like i, I yeah, can this- hear one right now to be honest <laughs> This is the car that you like punch a hole in the drywall. You scream at your sister how much you hate her. You grab a swig of your Diet Mountain Dew. You slam the door. You run outside and get into your like 2002 Honda Civic. You rev the engine up and you just skirt on out of there and drive down to the locals like Sonic or something. Get some chili dogs. Okay. Can we talk (laughs) about the fact? Because, all right, they looked very cool. They're all black Honda Civics with the green underlight. But like... If you're trying to keep a low profile while you're robbing <laughs> trucks, maybe having very identifying features like that, not the best call. <laughs> They're decorated like like actual, they like made the cars themselves look like thieves. <laughs> because, yeah, because in the first size, isn't it just all black Honda Civics with yeah. green lightings on the underneath? So it's just like, like hmm, that's very, a very little ninja. identifiable. Yeah. Very, yeah, very too- sneaky. And to my 14-year-old brain, I was like, when I'm when I uh, when I turn 18, I'm gonna buy a black Honda Civic and I'm gonna lower it and put some rims on it, and I'm gonna drive really fast. <laughs> Dude, I wanted underlighting on my cars for <laughs> so goddamn long. Although in Grand Theft Auto V, I always buy the 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 neon kits. <laughs> God damn it, Keith. I fucking love these movies. Like I've been talking a lot of shit about the movie. I fucking love it. I would that's, go watch it again right now. That's it's the thing, stupid, man, but like, it's awesome. That's the thing with these movies. Like the guy literally like impressed. Like I forgot his name again. The, the beard guy, the asshole. Vince. Vince. Vince literally plays a Zach Wild. If you're a guitar nerd like me, you know that Zach Wild's guitar is like the douchiest thing you can. I think that was an inside joke in the producers. That has to be because if you're playing a Zach Wild guitar at a party. That's like something you pick up at Guitar Center for like two hundred ninety nine ninety nine, and it just it's silly as hell. And the fact that they threw that in there, man, that put a smile on my face. <laughs> that's a really good inside joke if that's what it was meant to be. <laughs> that like one only you get got it. Yeah, no, it's the director so was going straight to you, buddy. Oh, it worked. It got me. <laughs> uh, one of the scenes I liked, it's just like the, the, the shot, and it was the of um, Brian getting caught by Vince and Dom, and like Dom comes out of the shadows. Dude, that scene's so good. Like, he feels so <laughs> badass in that scene. I'm like, yeah. like, if fucking Vin Diesel came at me like that, I'd just shit my pants. It's, <laughs> it's like wait what just happened yeah oh yeah oh shit are you a cop 
no <laughs> they make you they make you realize that he's done stuff like that before because he has this he has the like not if you understand thing and like yeah. you know, like oh he's he's been in this situation before like that, that's how i took that like this isn't new to dom right now he's done this before but like it, why does no one know how to hold a shotgun properly in this film they're so strong. strong like a time vince is just holding the shotgun straight just pointed out away from his body one that hand was badass like, i don't care it, that was yeah badass. except if if you pull the trigger in that situation you're about to eat the shotgun in your face after it breaks your arm. Yeah, but I mean, he's he, he's not going to pull the trigger. He's looking tough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the truck driver was doing the same shit, holding out a double barrel shotgun straight out in front of him. Like, dude, yeah. you're just going to break your goddamn arm. Well, that's how much he cares about the DVD VHS combos <laughs> that he, in no way, shape, or form, is responsible for. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder, dude. Like, I wonder, like, truck drivers go through like a safety meeting. It's like. So if somebody tries to fast and furious you, just let them. Joe, in all of your uh, in all of your years of receiving rec- receiving <laughs> all, packages, in all of your years receiving loads from truck drivers, God yeah. damn it! <laughs> have you ever? I, I assume you've talked to them. You've gotten to know them. Have you no. ever ran? If you really, you never talked to the truck drivers. They're a different one every time. Okay, you never just go and say, like, hey, what's up, man? Like Here and there, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you just ruined my bit. But do, do any of them seem like the type that would carry a shotgun in the cab and shoot someone that wants to steal their cargo? Maybe one. <laughs> they definitely exist. Yeah. Uh, okay, in all of the hundreds of thousands of truck driver loads that you've yes. received. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, Keith, we get it. Joe's taking a lot of loads. I'm taking some lo- a l- plenty of loads from these <laughs> random strangers that I meet one day, two days a week for, you know, years. But We're talking cum, cum loads. Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, now it's not funny anymore. Uh, do you guys want to guess how old Vin Diesel was supposed to be in this movie? Oh, how old Dom is supposed to be? Yeah, how old Dom... How I gotta old, guess. How old was Dominic Toretto supposed to be in this movie? 22 33 okay. uh 24 yes I knew, I knew he was just a baby <laughs> i mean he looked like a baby by the way yeah vin diesel is he but looks vin different. diesel was 10 years older so he were he was 34 jesus christ 34 he looks like a child well he's 34 at this time good aging piece of shit so he's now 54 in 2021 <laughs> i'm balding vin and miserable <laughs> yeah Oh, I feel bad about myself. Oh yeah, what am I doing? (laughs) You gotta do those roids, buddy. Yeah, I should. He also is rich and can pay nutritionists, and that's true. But uh, no, I um, I well, I agree with what Rick was saying. Like, you can say there's a lot of bad things about this, like this franchise, but the positives outweigh the negative tenfold. Well, I think the the simplicity of it is really what like if you because if you focus on it, it really is kind of about race wars. Like the the theft, the the DVD VHS combo theft is. If you watch the movie, if you watch the movie with the right filter on your eyes, it's the it's kind of in the background. Yeah. So I think that like just it's about this undercover cop who's unsatisfied with his life and 
it fits that like really simple point break plot formula that just hits it fits like it's simple enough to where it just it's perfect it's, it's i mean simple. let's be honest it hits the simplicity three monikers that you need for these movies <laughs> as hot people oh yeah doing something hot in this case racing and guns that's an american that's all you need in american movies yeah no that's a it's refreshing in these because i feel like especially like in the marvel movies those marvel movies are the least horny movies that have ever existed so it's nice watching fast and furious movies where these people clearly like are attractive and know it and want to have sex with each other and so like it's these big big franchises that if when there's horniness thrown into it it adds to the quality i think it's sort of this funny it's like a funny energy there but like the whole movie is there's a lot of horniness in it like the oh. whole it, it all starts out when paul walker is trying to order his no crust ass weird tuna sandwich for serial killers and mia knows it and she keeps Nobody on telling the tuna him. sandwich <laughs> yeah. keith you have to uh give us the horny horniness level for every yeah. movie for going up for now on that'll be keith, my job oh, i have to ask yeah. you keith out of out of 10 how horny was this movie on a scale of one to horny like this movie is there's a few scenes there's the terrible the terrible vin diesel kiss which was pretty horny i'm gonna go uh (laughs) 6.9 on this one god damn are you just always gonna give it a 6.9 because this is actually a good scale that i like that joe just came up with and you ruined it out of one out of one out of ten i'm serious i'm serious okay seven it rounds up to seven okay so seven out of ten this movie was horny yeah it was a movie, a pretty, was, it's a pretty horny movie. It's a pretty horny movie. Yeah, that's going to be a... I, I like that. We're going to do that for the rest of the Fast and Furious movies. It's going to get real weird. No, 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 no. Movies. Every movie. <laughs> now on. When we do Toy Story, and it's like... How it's horny, horny was level this of Toy movie? Story. Guys, guys, yo. Yo, fucking... Dude, uh, yo, Woody. Yo, Woody. There are <laughs> horny movie, horny moments in Toy Story. Yeah. Like, so we're... a lot of innuendo between woody and bo peep this is a good time to start because our first uh predator was very unhorny very like predator unhorny. Two had some horny predator it did have some horny yeah there was literal fucking in that one but the cornetto it was all implied horniness which cuts down on the horniness and it was this like weird british humor horniness which it's all british horny which is like really fake horny turn on fake horny like that's where like <laughs> dude that's the the square root of Puritan is Britain. <laughs> and yet the horniest thing that's come out lately and uh, fuck, what's it called? The super horny Netflix show. Bridgerton? Yeah, Bridgerton. That's <laughs> British and that's horny as fuck. See, I, ac- I accidentally called it Edgerton. I threw in the word edge. <laughs> that, that fucking show is horny God, as fuck. God damn it. Seriously, oh, yeah. if you want to get horny, watch that show. Yeah, horny level fucking. <laughs> or off the chain on this. Yeah. So uh, 6.9, a.k.a. 7 out of 10. Yeah, movies aren't horny enough. I'll be the horny guy. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes total sense. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so, but like I said earlier in the show, the budget was $38 million. You guys want to take a guess what the gross was? All I do worldwide, since our, I break it down, 124. Damn it, I was going to say 125. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 124, 125, that's worldwide? Yeah. 
Okay. I just, I just prices righted your ass. Domestically, in the states, it got a hundred and forty-four million. Damn. God damn. This was a summer blockbuster, if I remember though. So the here's the fun one. Ready? Internationally, sixty-two million. So worldwide, it only got two hundred and seven million. That makes sense though. Like two thousand one, like that international stuff hadn't really started yet. Yeah. Not like, uh, if the type of movie like this came out now, it would probably just fucking wreck in China. China yeah. loves these type of movies nowadays. Well, and just wait and see what they what happens with the other eight movies we have to watch and see how internationally <laughs> it does. Hey, too. hey, sir, and, <laughs> that we get to watch. Yeah, we get to watch. Of course, of course. Um, don't forget, don't forget how horny they are. Oh, they I'll let you, buddy, not me. <laughs> I got to do everything else. Yeah, I'll be the horny lore master. Yeah. The <laughs> I'm the lore. Master. You're the horny. <laughs> Your horny is French. The porn master. <laughs> uh, the I, I may start uh, uh, recording what they got on its first night, so Friday night since that's movie night and all that stuff. Oh, Did man. Night you guys remember movie night? Oh, of course. Dude, we're about to bring that shit back. We're going to go see some stuff in theater pretty soon when we're all full of Bill Gates stuff. Oof, uh, opening night, he got $15 million. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, that's It doesn't decent. sound great. It's decent for, uh, I think, 2001. Did it beat Ant-Man versus Wasp? <laughs> I'm very excited to hear <laughs> how find it, out. what it opened against. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the box office right here. Ooh! Damn. So, I, this is—I'm not not no lie. This is one of my favorite parts. I just love hearing what it opened against. So, so we're gonna box. Keep it, so, okay, sorry. I, I have one more interruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joe's about to read movies that come out in uh, 2001. Yep. Keep in mind my thesis about the end of new metal. Okay. And the horny <laughs> factor of all these movies. Yeah. yeah, how horny are they? How horny? Oh, uh, the there's some 2000s? horny movies, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> so we're going to the weekend of June 22nd to June 24th of 2001, coming in at number 10 in its fourth week with 2.9 million. The Animal. I Pretty horny. Rob <laughs> Schneider. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. God, remember nope. when Rob Schneider got movie after movie after movie? Oh, yes. oh yeah, it, it was enough for him to get a South Park bit. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider. Yeah. Uh, let's go to number nine and its third week with 3.2 million Evolution. Ooh, that movie was under David was quiet and good. Oh, uh, I love that movie. It was the Ghostbusters. It's the Ghostbusters alien director. movie. Yeah. And it had one of my favorite actors, oh, the black guy who played against Duncan, David Duchovny. Orlando Jones. Tucker? No. Dude, I remember I watched I'm that movie like hardcore that one summer that after it came out because it was on the movie channels. Orlando my dad Jones. had all the movie channel. Orlando Jones. I love it. So him. me and Keith, we were like halfway excited Orlando Tucker. Said Duncan. You, had, you had Duncan Jones. So we were yeah. there. You combined right. to figure out who it was. Boom. I love that movie. It was very good. Coming in at number, movie. coming in at number eight, and it's sixth week with three point eight million. Moulin Rouge, <laughs> number that's horny level there. Number seven in its fifth week with six point eight million. Almost. Pearl Harbor. Jesus, that's also a horny movie. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw Pearl Harbor. With like fucking 
Ben like fucks that chick like a lot, doesn't he? Ben Affleck, jo- Josh Harnett, they both bang Liv Tyler. I understand. Like it's a, it's I'm a, told. I'm I'm told the action. I'm told there's some pretty like it's a Michael Bay flick. So I'm told there's like one especially like really cool action sequence in that movie. I think like, the bombing of Pearl Harbor is pretty cool. Yeah, like to- that that scene. I'm told in real life or good. in the movie. I mean, I was there. Local A, local B. I was there, man. I ain't no narc. <laughs> yeah, I know narc. <laughs> uh, coming in at number six in its third week was seven point seven million. Swordfish. Oh my god! There's so many good movies. Also, also good. <laughs> also, coming- very horny for <laughs> yeah. of one scene. Okay. I'm sorry Let's to bring see. up the horny thing again, but that, yeah, very horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming in at number five in its sixth week with 10 million Shrek. Uh, 2001 was a good year for Jesus. movies. I'm it was just a coming, really good year overall. <laughs> coming sorry, in at number. I'm, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, no. what? <laughs> yeah, I, every month of that year has something good happen in it. <laughs> Jesus. So we didn't let you get. Goddamn Paul Whoa. Walker jokes. Hang on, he hang on. Hey, no, 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 no. He is right though. September. <laughs> hang on, hang on. September, my birthday. So that's something good in September. I digress. Bro, I'll bet we did something really cool on Joe's birthday. Hell yeah, we probably did. Let's go to number four in its third week with twelve million. Atlantis, the Lost Empire. And I've we've seen, had a first misstep. I've seen every one of these movies. Never saw uh, Atlantis. <laughs> I think that's the Michael J. Fox one, right? Except the for Pearl Harbor. Okay. Yeah. Coming in at number three in its second week with 19 million, Laura Craft Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. Another misstep. Coming in, at, coming in at number two in its first week with 25 million. Dr. Doolittle 2. <laughs> two. Oh my god, the second one. Dude, I'm fucking we're gonna watch Dr. Doolittle at some point. You fucking best believe it. Yeah, so, we gotta veer away from action one of these times. We will. So coming <laughs> we in at number just did a comedy series. Yeah, it was action. <laughs> Fuck you. Coming in at number one in its first week with 40 million. The fast and yeah, the furious. Goddamn 40 million opening weekend. Yeah, that like people used to go to movies like those are all pretty good numbers. It's it's I, I like doing these like box office stuff to be like see the difference from then to now because like example number one if there's a Marvel movie it's two hundred forty million first place and then second place is like eh, it's about six million. Now yeah, you know Disney, Disney kind of destroyed the game. Yep, they've yeah. got a monopoly on art now. <laughs> and they own just about every major like film production company. That's true. So let's go to the ratings for uh, Fast and Furious. IMDB gives this a 6.8 out of 10. Almost. <laughs> uh, Ron Tomato, all critics out of 150 give this movie a 53. And that's rotten. It's not a good movie. I mean, it just isn't. It's just awesome. Top critics out of 37 give this 59. Still rotten. And then the audience, 
out of 250,000 plus gives this movie a 74. That sounds about what it should be. <laughs> so the critics were so, hate it, but the fans will love it. So speaking of uh, critics and what they think about it, I can jump in here with a, a Roger Ebert update. So this movie came out while uh, Roger Ebert was still alive, thankfully. So we get to get a real Roger Ebert review. Roger he Ebert gave this Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, he liked it. It That's was uh, awesome. he gave it three. He gave it three out of four stars. I'm gonna do a little reading series here for the for all the listeners here. Go right ahead. I, I, I haven't completely read it, but Roger Ebert's a really good writer, so I trust his last paragraph here. So here we go. The Fast and Furious is not a great movie, but it delivers what it promises to deliver and knows that a chaos scene is supposed to be about something more than special effects. It has some of the grandiose, self-pitying dialogue we've treasured in movies like this ever since Rebel Without a Cause. I live my life a quarter, quarter mile at a time, Toretto tells Brian. For those 10 seconds, I'm free. And hey, even for the next 30 seconds, he's decelerating. So Roger Ebert... Roger Ebert likes it and praised it. So we're, uh, I think that shows that the three of us are pretty smart. You know, he kind of praised it for what we praised it for. It's a, uh, it, the overall, the, the simplicity and the, it takes itself seriously while being simple and enjoyable at the same time. And when you mix that up just right, it comes out nice. That was really deep, Keith. <laughs> was that what it, Roger also said? Yeah, I, I I scrolled down, but it was just ads. So, <laughs> so let's um, let's see what our rating is for this movie. So, boys, out of five, our, as I used to call in the queue, which I was bringing back the five star match. What do you give this movie? All right, I'll go first. So, I'm I'm having a difficult, difficult, difficult time coming up with a star rating for this movie because I enjoy bad things sometimes. Like if you give me a one star movie and it's got the right, if it's like bad in the right ways, I'll enjoy it and I'll watch it and I'll love it. And so I'm having a hard time with this one because there is some aspects of this movie. It's cheesy as hell. There's bad one liners. Some of the special effects are kind of cheesy 20 years later. I mean, it's 20 years later at the time it looked good. But it's a uh, it holds a warm place in my heart. So you throw in some nostalgia in the mix, and I'm gonna go three point two five stars. Wow, that's it's, that's high praise. <laughs> three point two five. You're in about the range where I was feeling because it isn't a great movie. A lot of the acting is bad. The third act is terrible but it's just so goddamn fun. It's just, it brings a smile to your face, but the movie itself kind of isn't great. So while I love it, I'm going to rewatch the hell out of it. I only gave it 2.75. Wow. Speaking of high praise, the actor uh, that plays Johnny Tran is in the uh, Nick Cage jujitsu movie. And he's like three times the size of him. Jesus. Like, like, I would say he went Super Saiyan 2, so he just beefed up. But yes. Um, hey, Joe, sorry to cut you off there, but what mo- is is there Nicolas Cage series that you have not covered in the previous The Q? All of have- them. 
So you've we, done all of them? No, we haven't done it. Like, sorry, we don't. We've out of well, Nick Cage doesn't really have any franchise series. So we did oh, like oh, does yeah, too. Does. <laughs> well, hang on. <laughs> like he has solo movies, right? So like, no, but there's a very top notch franchise that we need to do. Yeah, there's we, one specifically I'm thinking we, of. We National Treasure. We <laughs> yeah, that and Ghost Rider. We did we did the first ones of each. Damn, you did Ghost Rider. Yes, we we done both Ghost Rider and uh, National Treasure one. Did we do? We didn't. We didn't. Before we hit 200, we stopped the queue. We were on this upcoming Nick member. So last year, we were going to do Ghost Rider 2 and National Treasure 2. Okay. So, so what you're saying is they're open game. Oh, of course. They were open game no matter what. So, um, okay. I'm deeply yeah. sorry for the interruption. That felt important. So I'm, oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. It's fine. I know where I was at. I was going to give you my five star, <laughs> my five star match review for the, uh, Hey, uh, coming up next is uh, Joe's uh, rating out of five stars for oh, the Fast you. and the Furious. Thank you, Keith. Um, <laughs> doing a great job, by the way. Let me tell you, fantastic. Uh, for me, I'll give it three. I'm I'm in between both of you. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'll watch it again. Um, you know, we'll see how. It changes from the um, as we keep going up more and more with you know the franchise and see where this goes. You know, this is the more realistic movie out of the franchise. <laughs> but we so, still got the hints already of the superhuman powers. Of yes, like two major car crashes where people are just like that sucked and then walked away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there, there were some of those scenes of like, that's a major car crash. And I walked away from it just with a bump on my head. <laughs> uh, we also forgot to mention uh, there were two in some uh, counties of the uh, countries and all that sections, all that of the world. There were two cliffhangers at the end because at the end of Fast and Furious, after the credits, credits, you see Dom driving in a red like Charger saying that he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. In Mexico. In Mexico. And then there's another one. And I think it was just, I think in some regions it's, it was in the credits uh, behind after, or if not, it was in the special thing. It was one of the DVD specials. And it was the um, Brian leaving uh, LA on his way to Miami to go to Miami. Miami. And that, Yes. Somewhere in yes. Florida. Um, but that leads to our sequel. But before we get to that, we get to do our own little rate ranking system. So for this franchise, we're going to do a little something different. Instead of just doing hero, villain, all that good, yada, yada, yada stuff. This time, we're going to be doing, the since it's still the first one, it'd be pretty easy. Like, best crew, we'll do the best villain, best cars, Best action set piece and, um, you know, the movie itself. Let's talk about the crew a little bit, though. What, like, we talked a little bit about them, but like, yeah, which crews are we talking about? The, like, Dom's crew, like, the actual crew. 
Dom's crew, and we're comparing them uh, versus like to each uh, crew as we go through the movies. Okay, but there's a crew in each movie. Essentially. So the crew for this movie it would be Toretto, uh, Dom, Letty, Mia, Jesse. You put Brian in it. Well, Should Leon we just, and Leon and Jess uh, Vince. All right, well, I'll liked... go first. Go oh. ahead. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. They were uh, fucking useless. <laughs> All they did was fight with each other and lose races and like wreck cars and hey, get hey, shot. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Letty won a race. Yeah, she won two thousand bucks, and it cost her her friend and a Jetta. I mean, I don't, she didn't lose the race with her friend in the Jetta. Yeah, but that's her crew. Like she's that's part of her. So, yeah, but you said they all lost races. All I'm saying is Letty didn't well, lose her race. Well, if they're a crew, then they lost a race. Uh, you're <laughs> I'm being an asshole. Really I'm being dumb. an asshole, yes. Anyways. No, I mean, they all... I think the the family theme, it, like, it sort of has its genesis in this movie a little bit. You can see it when they... Um, there's the scene where the first person that reaches for the chicken has to say grace, and it's really touching and nice. And they all hang out. So I think, I mean, the crew is, it's present and it's functional in this one. But as far as like gains and whether or not they succeed in becoming, like they're, they're kind of a, like if you call them a crew, like their job is to win races and steal money from people kind of and steal stuff, steal DVD players and st- all that stuff. They're, they're not very good at it. That stuff, they're good at, they're good at being nice to each other. They're good at like, they weren't even good at that. They weren't. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, in my mind, the crew, if you want to say, or family, according to Keith, it's, for me, it it just comes down to Toretto and uh, O'Connor. Yeah. Because, you know, there's the, the, you know, one of the scenes in the movie, it's that they, um, it's after the first race and then the cops show up and everybody leaves, but O'Connor comes and saves them. You know, like, I don't think he, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. They all bailed he, on him. Then yeah, one of my points that annoyed me in that part is that if the cops knew it was Toretto, why didn't they just go pick him up later? <laughs> right. <laughs> they called that's, him out by name. Although that's yeah, like real life. Toretto, that's like, full <laughs> over. like, why? Wow, how did you know this? Big muscular bald headed man is Dom Toretto. <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those things like this movie puts in play the relationship between O'Connor and Toretto. Sure, you know, in the beginning it was Brian doing his job, but once he learns that Toretto's actually a good guy, that's when he starts to trust him more than he would his own boss. <laughs> <laughs> he also gets a super hard on for racing, which is kind of weird. And Mia. And, well, and I mean, Mia. as the one cop said, I'd get off to her surveillance photos too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that those scenes were hilarious because he's so clearly like he is fogged by his new like forming relationship with this with Mia. And like he's clearly his decisions are being swayed by that relationship. So it's funny when he he keeps on getting called out for it and he keeps on going full Facebook dad, continuing my thesis, and like, no, fuck you, man. And he like shoves him into the walls and shit. 
The weirdest part of that, though, was when the FBI director also shoved the guy down. <laughs> lots of like, Facebook that seemed ads. inappropriate for a director. <laughs> you break her heart, I break your neck. Yeah. Also Facebook dad. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you have, you know, you're, you know, so for the rate ranking, it's just the first crew because it's the first movie. For villain, you have Johnny Tran. And I hated, and I still do, his brother, Lackey. Lance. Lance. I, his cousin. Cousin. I hated him. Then, so and I hate creepy. him now. He's so yeah. creepy. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, Again, though, showing how the cops are fucking just evil in this movie when they choke slammed Lance for no reason. And puts a little knee to the throat. <laughs> God, the cop like the cops yeah, were like cops in this movie. Fucking O'Connor just <laughs> taking shots at fucking Tran as he's driving away in a crowded neighborhood. Hey, there's some cop ass cops in this movie. Hey, fucking I need to go shooting chase out a window buddy. while he's driving. I have to go chase my buddy. You call the cops and call nine one one after Johnny Tran gets shot on a motorcycle. And, uh, <laughs> hey, I just, just murdered down. this guy. Call the cops. <laughs> yeah. So I think a good way to go. So we have a foundation in our mind of what the crew slash family looks looks like. Yeah. And moving moving forward, we then like gauge their development. Is that how we want to go about this? Maybe like we gauge like how much better or worse they are. Yeah. Like which crew is better? What they do. Okay, I like that. Uh, we we're we doing best cars. Um, yeah. For right now, it's still the first movie. <laughs> Dude, Just the cars like 2001 Honda Civic in the Supra and the Charger or something. I think I think there was a GTR in it. I think it, someone had a GTR in one of the races. I mean, the only only car. And oh, by the way, this movie it's really telling when they like they just have like a basic ass Mazda. Like is like pulls up next to a real like a real like cool looking Ferrari, and this Mazda looks stupid. It has a bunch of like silly decals on the side, and this Ferrari just looks nice and tasteful. And they race them and they win, but ultimately, like the Ferrari is way cooler looking objectively. Also, the only reason they would <laughs> race is because the person who bought the Ferrari probably has no actual idea how to race a Ferrari. And they don't need to. They just need to. <laughs> That's the funny part about that scene. <laughs> uh, so what what would be the best action set piece here be for this one? I To me, it's either the first race or the last one with Toretto and O'Connor. I would lean the last one because it's like the whole like we're racing to beat a train thing would be like the huge climactic action sequence. Keith, you agree? Yeah. So, like the defining set piece for Fast and Furious One. Yes. It, yeah. 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 The scene I mean, where I, yeah where Dom gets the, the charger out. Yeah. They put on the cover like the train is like a huge part of the movie. Like it's supposed to be on the cover or something because it's so climactic. Yeah, I think it's on the cover of the uh, video game <laughs> too because they made a video game with the two cars racing. And then for the rate raking slash rewatchability, it's the, still the first movie. Oh yeah, because yeah. we're moving on as the scene of Brian leaving LA to go to Miami, because the next movie we will be doing 
is too fast, too furious. It's too fast, too furious. It's too fast for y'all. Um, I can't wait to talk about this one because I know in the beginning of time, for me, it was lower on the lows for me. And then it ha- now it's bumped up in some way or form. I've also I, I've seen this movie very very few times, so this will be this will be a fun rewatch. I'm excited for this one. In my brain, going into it, this is the worst Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> it introduces like some of my introduces my second favorite character with uh, Ludacris, but my least favorite of the movie and i wonder why maybe it's because it doesn't have someone in it or find out why he's not in it or is he bump 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 question but that'd be on the next fake movie experts as we will be doing continuing the fast and furious franchise as we're going to the second movie too fast and too furious cannot wait uh you can also listen to all of our podcasts at nosoentertainment.com. That's right, nosoentertainment.com. You can also find us on any social media. And like always, you can always listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. The next movie has an ejector seat. <laughs> <laughs>